Welcome back to Fall Classic Rewind, the stories behind the World Series. We've got the final two games of the 2023 NLCS between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. The Diamondbacks going on the road to stave off elimination and ultimately advance against the Phillies at Citizens Bank Ballpark. I'm recording this on Friday, just a few hours before first pitch of game one between the Rangers and the D-backs. I'm, of course, this weekend, after the first two games, probably going to do continue uh, to provide recaps and coverage and highlights of this Excellent postseason, this thrilling postseason. I mean, how about that? We got two game sevens in the championship series. Doesn't happen often. And as I discussed about in uh, the previous episode where I covered the AL side of the bracket, right? The final games between the Rangers and the Astros. You know, we've got, we're getting something that hasn't ever happened before. The road teams going and winning both Games six and seven on the road, fighting off elimination to take the pennant, right? It's not a common thing. In fact, it had never happened before. So how did we get here, right? Because if you recall, you know, as I've covered these games, and you go back and listen, right? After the first two games, it seemed like the Phillies were dominant, completely in control of this series. But ultimately, there's an old saying, a series doesn't start until someone wins on the road. And that didn't happen until game five, right? Two tightly played ball games in three and four, but the D-backs came through with a 2-1 win, a walk-off base hit by Cattell Marte off of Craig Kimbrell. And then they overcame a three-run deficit and scored three runs all charged to Craig Kimbrell in the eighth inning, that electric, game-tying, Bernie Carbo-like home run from Alec Thomas and then a go-ahead base hit by Gabriel Moreno, right, to take game four. But Phillies won in convincing fashion in game five. Zach Wheeler, dominant as ever solidifying himself as one of the best postseason pitchers around and Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper doing the damage as expected, right? And now you're coming back home. You've got Aaron Nola going, who's been just as good as anyone else this postseason. He looks like he has righted the ship after a rough regular season, right? You're coming home to that home cooking, that home crowd, right? And unlike the Astros, who kind of didn't want to go home, right? That they were almost dreading it. The Phillies can't wait to get back to Citizens Bank, and they have historically been great, right, throughout their postseason history at Citizens Bank Ballpark. But also this year, they've been a great home team. It's on the road that they've had their struggles. And so everyone's thinking, right, heading into this, 
hey, you know, Merrill Kelly's a pretty good pitcher, but they rocked him in game two. He gave, he couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark, right? How is he going to navigate that lineup, right? And, hey, these Phillies hitters, they've gotten a great look all throughout the Diamondbacks bullpen. They're going to figure them out at some point, right? You know, because there's a cost to seeing relievers time and time again in the series, even when they're really good, right? Because ultimately, you get better looks and also guys get tired throughout a series. You know, which one is the more significant factor? Well, you be the judge. Uh, But here, we're going to see the Diamondbacks are going to come with a plan. You know, if you recall what I said in games... One and two, the Phillies dictated everything, right? They dictated the pace of the game, the tone of the game, and all of that. They played their style of baseball. The next two games, no one exactly dominated one way or another, but the Diamondbacks played more of their brand of baseball, but it was a little sloppy. Game five, yeah, the Phillies from the jump, from the get-go, get-go, dictated everything about that game. And that's what they're going to want to do for games six. And if it happens to go game seven, right? But instead, it's going to be the Diamondbacks, the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're going to embrace the chaos and take this series. And we're going to find out all about that and all of the highlights after a word from our sponsor. You probably know that Phoenix, Arizona is the fastest growing city in the U.S. That's right. Year after year, Phoenix leads the way for population growth. Phoenix first broke into the top 10 most populous U.S. cities with the 1980 census when it came in at number nine. By the year 2000, Phoenix became the ninth U.S. city to surpass a million people, and it climbed all the way up to number six in the ranking of the U.S. biggest cities, just around the same time that the D-backs won the World Series in 2001, after only starting out as an expansion team in 1998. Talk about a fast growth. By the year 2020, Phoenix passed Philadelphia to become the fifth most populous city in the U.S. I mean, we're just saying. Phoenix has come to compete. And like they say, Phoenix is a rising, like a, well, you know. These are just some facts about Phoenix, sponsored by the Phoenix Tourist Board. We don't need to sell you on our attractions. We don't have to sell you about coming out here. People are just coming out here anyway. Whether you are facing elimination or you have a chance to clinch and end a series, putting up a scoreless first inning is paramount, right? You know, of course, you would like to score, but if you can just keep things square after the first inning, it helps sort of take some pressure off, right? Especially if you're the one facing elimination. You know, 
But I will say, in the top of the first, Aaron Nola comes out firing. I mean, he looks absolutely, positively locked in, striking out three batters. He does end up allowing a single to Gabriel Moreno, but then he puts away Christian Walker on three pitches. Christian Walker's had a really, really rough series. And then it's interesting in the bottom of the first, Merrill Kelly, who gave up home runs in his first outing in this series to Kyle Schwarber, two of them, and then also a homer to Trey Turner, takes a little bit of a different tact. He's very careful with Schwarber, walks him on four pitches. He does get Trey Turner to fly out, but then walks Bryce Harper, which brings up an interesting thing. Alec Bohm comes up, and there's been a lot of talk about how Alec Bohm, who has struggled this postseason, like they need to get someone else in the cleanup spot behind Harper because with runners on, Bohm has just not come through. And well, that's the case here once again. Alec Bohm strikes out looking. Merrill Kelly dots him up. And then... With two outs, he's able to get Bryson Stott to pop out, getting that oh-so-crucial scoreless first inning, keeping Philly off the board, tempering that crowd just a little bit, that crowd that's ready to explode, ready to go crazy. Well, they just got to wait a little bit. And you know that energy that Aaron Nola had in the first, right? You know, he gets ahead of the first batter, Tommy Pham. But Pham fights, gets it to a 2-2 count. And, you know, with the crowd standing, ready to cheer for a strikeout, Aaron Nola goes to his patented curveball. But this one isn't as sharp as the ones he threw in the first. And Tommy Pham is all over it. Two ball, two strike count. Nola into the full windup and the pitch. And a drive to left. And the Diamondbacks break on top on a home run by Tommy Pham. Well, if you can't steal a base, you want to do that. Hit a home run, and that was a laser shot. And the best thing about it, that was on his curveball, and he crushed that ball. A 2-2 pitch, and Tommy Pham hits his second postseason home run to give the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly a 1-0 lead here in the second inning. That just kind of silenced the crowd momentarily. What a beautiful swing by Pham on a breaking ball that wasn't really that bad, but he waited for it, had it timed perfectly, and smashed that ball over the left field wall. That's Greg Schulte and Tom Candiotti on the call there on 98.7 D-backs radio. We'll later hear from Chris Garagiola, who handles the middle innings of play-by-play for the Diamondbacks. But what a swing there from Tommy Pham. Nothing quite like some instant offense in an elimination game, right? Jump on the board, quiet that crowd. And with... Lourdes Gurriel Jr. coming up now. The other Diamondbacks outfielder who has had some really clutch hits in this postseason, right? 
he's standing up think up there thinking you know what's better than one home run how about two here's the uh, next one from nolan and a shot to left and it's gonna be two nothing diamondbacks back to back fam and guriel for the diamondbacks here in the second inning that was almost a golf shot that ball was just drilled again this was a sinker it was not the curveball he went down and got it and still elevated that ball and just crushed that ball over the wall what a shot from guriel taking advantage of the short left field there absolutely a laser by the diamondbacks left fielder there and just like that it's two nothing right Aaron Nola shut out these Diamondbacks in game two. Didn't allow a run. And here, after only retiring three batters, right, it's 2 nothing. Oh, and these Diamondbacks are not done yet. Alec Thomas walks on four pitches, bringing up Evan Longoria, who the veteran guy who played against the Phillies in the playoffs all the way back in 2008 when he was a rookie for that upstart Tampa Bay Rays team, right? And Longoria has struggled flat out in these playoffs, has not really provided much at the plate. But when he does, right, it's often because he goes hunting on the first pitch just like right here. And the first pitch after a long look. And Longoria hits one to left center field. That's an extra base hit all the way to the wall. Thomas speeding around third. He'll be waved in without a throw. The throw comes into third base. RBI double Longoria and three nothing Diamondbacks still with nobody out in the second inning. He took a fastball and hammered this ball 109 miles an hour and that just drove right through the left center field gap and yeah the right guy at first base with thomas who could really motor and he nothing was going to slow him down it's quite a sight to see and quite an exciting sight to see alec thomas running the bases scoring from first he's done that already a couple of times this postseason man does he uh not only is he fast but like guys like Trey Turner, he takes the right route when running. He's he's a very efficient base runner. Because you have other guys who, once they can get to top speed, right, they can run fast, but they don't cut the corners well. They don't hit the inside of the base right. Uh, and so that can make it where a third base coach has to hold up a guy or maybe there's a play at the plate here. Um with a good executed relay with how Alec Thomas runs, not even an opportunity for a play at the plate. And so now it's three, nothing. And Aaron Nola, who had hardly been touched this postseason, is hit around. Right. And, and his body language seems off. It's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. Uh, he is, however, going to be able 
to make the adjustment. He gets a fly out to right, which uh, with Geraldo Perdomo. But then he's able to get Corbin Carroll to ro- roll over to first, which doesn't allow Longoria to score. And then Cattell Marte flies out. So he keeps it a 3 nothing game, which is important because the Phillies are going to be able to respond back in the bottom of the second. Merrill Kelly's not able to get the shutdown inning he's looking for. JT Real Muto gets a line drive uh, to center field that Alec Thomas is unable to run down. Uh, he is able to strike out Nick Castellanos, who, aside from that first that home run in his first at-bat of this series, has gone hitless since, right? Castellanos really, really struggling in this series. Brandon Marsh steps up to the plate, and honestly, the last few days, he's been one of the Phillies' best hitters coming through with a bunch of doubles to either gap. And here he is again, coming through, keeping the Phillies alive in this ballgame. Here's Brandon Marsh. And a pitch from Kelly. Marsh swings, lines it into right. That's a base hit. JT coming around third. They're going to wave him to the plate. Carroll with a high throw to the plate. It's taken by Moreno. He'll throw to second, but it's late. And Marsh slides into second, pulls off the helmet, shouts back at his own dugout, raises his hands. And he's got the Phillies on the board. It's three to one. A good piece of hitting. And of course, Dusty's going to send the guys with any kind of speed at all against these arms of the Diamondbacks outfielders. A very good swing from Brandon Marsh jumping all over the first pitch. And once again, the Phillies take advantage of the poor throwing from the Diamondbacks, a really ill-advised throw from Corbin Carroll, who to this point has had a rough series. He's going to find a way to turn it around. Um, But that's once again, putting yourself in scoring position, firing up the crowd, thinking, all right, we've got a chance to get back in this ball game. But I got to give a lot of credit to Merrill Kelly, who after a ground out by Johan Rojas, uh, works around Kyle Schwarber, right? Ends up walking in, doesn't give in, and then is able to strike out Trey Turner. Really executing his game plan, getting Turner to expand his zone. It's a really important thing that a lot of the Diamondbacks pitchers execute that they didn't early in this series is they pitch to the edges of the zone, really, you know, taking advantage of the Phillies hitters over aggressiveness, right? The Phillies hitters are aggressive when you're thinking about Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, even Alec Bohm and Castellanos, right? They attack and look to do damage in the zone. One of the side effects of that means they're susceptible to breaking balls and fat and even fastballs. So two seamers or high fastballs out of the zone because of that over aggressiveness. And Merrill Kelly is able to do just that. Now, it's not without consequence, right? Because through these first two innings, Merrill Kelly has thrown a lot of pitches. He's up around 50 pitches, as is Aaron Nola. Now, Nola has a much has a pretty quick top of the third, right? Gets his team back in the dugout uh, with only 11 pitches, getting a very key double play with Tommy Pham at the plate. But it is another slog for Merrill Kelly, 
uh, who ends up having to go about like another 18 pitches, but does get two strikeouts, including of Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto, and works around an Alec Bohm sort of punch and Judy hit to right field. Nola, one, two, three, top of the fourth. Kelly, one, two, three, bottom of the fourth. Both of them sort of back on track. But this is where things end. The end of the line for Aaron Nola. Gives up hard contact to center field against Geraldo Perdomo, but then has a long at-bat with Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, who has struggled, struggled mightily this series. It's been a big part of the Diamondbacks haven't necessarily felt like themselves, you know, despite taking two games in this series, because Corbin Carroll hasn't been on the bases, hasn't been wrecking havoc with stealing bases, you know, the chaos that has been the brand of the D-backs hasn't really been present because Corbin Carroll has struggled mightily. Well, he's able to center a pitch in the zone, line a single back up the middle, and kind of get his swing right, get his bat right, and most importantly, get himself on base for the Diamondbacks' best hitter in this series. That's Cattell Marte, who's looking to continue and basically set history, right? You know, he's looking now to match in this game. He's come in, he's played 14 career postseason games, gotten a hit in every single one of them. Only guy who's done that more is Marquise Grissom. Did it 15 straight games to start his postseason career. Well, Marte is going to match that, and he's going to do even better, bringing in Carroll all the way from first base. Trying to extend that postseason hitting streak to 15 games. And we've seen a lot of power from the left side from Marte this postseason. Nola holds, and the pitch. Swing, and that's a line drive down the right field line. Fair ball into the corner. Carroll powering towards third. It gets away from Castellanos. Carroll's going to score easily. Marte on his way to third, and it's an RBI triple. Diamondbacks extend their lead. It's now 4-1. to one. Well, top of the order coming through. Marte just hammered a fastball. He tried to come up and in on him, but he's so quick with his hands, and he can shorten his bat as well as anybody. And he just drills this ball and it kicks right by Castellanos. And that enabled Carroll to score. But more importantly, Marte to get the third base. And another hush over this crowd here in Philadelphia is Rob Thompson, the Philly skipper, with a slow walk to the mound. Pitching change going to be made. A great swing from Cattell Marte continuing his excellent excellent postseason and as you see there the end of the line for Aaron Nola now Michael Lorenzen comes in and does his job you know gets a ground out to short which Marte's unable to score on uh, and then works around a walk to then strike out Tommy Fan, keeping this a 4-1 ball game but most importantly in the bottom of the fifth Merrill Kelly who's you know already up around 80 pitches, is dominant, striking out Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper in the inning. And kind of surprisingly, right, when Merrill Kelly comes off, gets that crucial, crucial shutdown inning. Like, he's coming in, 
and is surprised that manager Tori Lavulo is coming to give him a handshake because Merrill Kelly's day is done and Kelly's kind of, well, ticked off a little bit. He want, he thinks he still has bullets to fire, but given the amount of pitches and all of that, I kind of understand where Lavulo is coming from and being like, Hey, I, uh, I pushed you before and it backfired. Don't want to push you now. Hey, you got me five innings. You got the zeros I needed. Let's hand it over to the bullpen who's done an excellent job. Now, right, given the fact that you got to win this game and the next game, right, I'm a little, you know, it ends up working out, right? The Diamondbacks bullpen is awesome, right? Ryan Thompson comes in, goes an inning and a third, right? An inning and a third scoreless, you know? And then Andrew Saulfrank comes in and is actually able to throw strikes and get people out in this game, <laughs> you know, and all the while the Diamondbacks add on Gattel Marte picks up another base hit driving in Geraldo Perdomo in the top of the seventh, right? You know, so five, one game, Kevin Ginkle and Paul Seawald close it out, right? Securing a five, one win, saving off elimination. Um, but you do think, Hey, maybe, could have found a way to extend Kelly there, but ultimately, right? Lavulo pushed the right buttons. And, you know, you only get criticized for a decision when it doesn't work out. <laughs> uh, when uh, when the plan works, you look like a genius. And, um, you know, ultimately what this game six came down to was the Diamondbacks made an adjustment to Aaron Nola, capitalize, capitalized, on mistake pitches. And once they got the lead, they never looked back. You know, Kelly gave out that one run, but got the key outs that were needed. And the D-backs bullpen, when they've had leads, have continued to absolutely do the job that they need to do. And so that sets us up for an all-important Game seven, winner take all, right? The thing you were trying to avoid if you were Philadelphia, because, right, who knows what can happen? As we saw with the Rangers and Astros, right? You know, even if you have a pitcher that you feel confident in and, right, Rob Thompson's confident in Ranger Suarez. Dude's been awesome in the postseason. But so had Christian Javier. Right. And Christian Javier retired one batter. <laughs> you know, he got, he got shellacked. And then, you know, Thompson, who, you know, Zach Wheeler is going to be available in relief in this game. Right. But, you know, you're going to need Ranger Suarez to get you outs because there aren't as many arms back there in the bullpen that you trust. Right. It's probably Jeff Hoffman, Jose Alvarado, and Zach Wheeler. Maybe Matt Strom, too, right? There's probably a level of trust in Matt Strom. But the rest of the guys, no, no, it's not there. Because I think a slightly unfairly, but Phillies fans would say fairly, there's not any confidence left in Craig Kimbrell. And, yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. I can understand that. But it's the other arms too, right? 
you know, and so in a game seven, you're going to have to put people sometimes in uncomfortable positions. You're going to have to ask a lot in a winner take all game. And these Diamondbacks, man, right? They are going to respond and it really all starts with Corbin Carroll, right? You know, I've mentioned Carroll really, really struggled. But that base hit that he got off of Aaron Nola in the fifth inning, right? That at bat where he's fouling off pitches, stays in and gets a barrel and it drops, right? Finds barrel and gets a base hit. It kind of just reset everything. And I think it plays into how he is going to play such a significant role in this game seven. All right, Ranger Suarez, Brandon Fott, the rookie. We're going to have a lot to say about him. They're both taking the mound. And Suarez starts off well, right? Gets Cattell Marte to expand his zone and strikes him out. Suarez is about the only guy who's had an answer for Cattell Marte in this series. But Corbin Carroll singles a ball up the middle. Bryson Stott keeps it in the infield, but with Carroll's blazing speed, it's a base hit. And then Gabby Moreno, he pokes a ball down to right field, actually hits it pretty well. And that allows Corbin Carroll to move up to third base. And then with his speed, right? And by the way, Christian Walker really, really getting it down the first base line, right? He, they're able to start with a lead in this game, right? Big credit to Christian Walker hustling. That's what you need to do in a game seven, right? You need to find a way to get that run in. He chops the ball to third base, but sprints. And also credit, by the way, to Gadman Moreno coming in sliding hard, making sure that Bryson Stott can't whip that ball as fast as he needs to. And so it's one nothing. Brandon Fott gets a scoreless bomb of the first, strikes out Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. His stuff looks electric. But Ranger Suarez responds uh, and gets a shutdown inning in the top of the second. And so up to the plate to lead off the bottom of the first is the guy who's been perhaps fairly criticized, right? They kind of been the, the sticking point for Rob Thompson's lineup issues, right? Why is this guy hitting cleanup? Well, in game seven, he's going to look to change the tune with one swing of the bat. Alec Bohm will lead off here in the second. Phillies 1-2-3 in their half of the first. They're down one nothing. And Brandon fought with a windup and the first pitch. Bohm swings, lines it deep left field, and that will tie the game. Alec Bohm blasts one to left. It's 1-1. That is what the Phils desperately needed. Alec Bohm with his first home run this postseason, and what a time for it here in Game 7. We start over in the bottom of the second. That's Scott Fransky on the call for WIP and our old friends Larry Anderson, Kevin Stocker, and Tom McCarthy we'll hear from uh, later in this game. But what a swing there from Alec Bohm. 
course, all the Philly fans would have liked for that to have come last game against Merrill Kelly with runners on base. But they will take that home run. You never want any lead, any deficit to linger for too long, right? (laughs) You don't want to have teams start counting the outs as the game goes on. But what a great swing there from Bohm. Um, who's going to play really hard in this game. I'm going to credit him, right? Like he, there's two guys, right? On either side, Corbin Carroll for the D-backs, Alec Bohm, uh, for the, for the Phillies, both of whom, who like the eyes have been on them and they've struggled, but when it comes to game seven, they're going to step it up and do all they can to help their teams win. Right. Uh, font responds, you know, uh, Bryson Stott hits a ball pretty deep in the center field, but it's run down, but he gets back-to-back strikeouts of Rio Muto and Castellanos. Um, you know, obviously that's the first run that Fott has given up since the wild, the first wild card game, right? When he, ga- when he gave up two runs in the first inning, um, well, actually he ended up giving up a, a home run in the second inning. Uh, I take that back. But but since the wild card game, right? He's had two starts where he didn't give up any runs. He didn't walk anybody and he struck out a bunch of batters, right? So bit of a difference. Like how is Brandon Font going to respond to that adversity? And you see immediately he responds with strikeouts. He responds with excellent stuff. This young guy doesn't look like he's getting rattled. Hey, neither does Ranger Suarez. Top of the third gets another strikeout of Cattell Marte. Uh, Corbin Carroll does get a base hit and finally steals a base, right? The first stolen base for him in this series, kind of a key of like, all right, getting back to your style of baseball. But Suarez responds with a ground out and a pop out uh, to keep the Diamondbacks off the board in that inning. Uh, and scores not going to change uh, through the third or the top of the fourth uh, with Brandon Fott and Ranger Suarez putting up scoreless innings. In the bottom of the fourth, they are going to get back at Brandon Fott. Harper lines out to right, but then Alec Bohm draws a walk, another great A-B. And then Bryson Stott, steps up to the plate and he does what he's done all year. Come through in clutch situations for the Phillies. The one, two again at a swing and a line drive left center field. This is up the alley. It's a base hit. It's going to one hop the fence and go to the wall. Boehm is coming around third. They'll wave him to the plate. The throw is not in time. And Bryson Stott has put the Phillies in the lead. It's two to one here in the bottom of the fourth. Perfectly placed between the left fielder and the center fielder, and Bohm read it great and was off to the races. What a great swing by Bryson Stott, splitting the gap, getting it into that sort of wacky corner, and with the weak arms of the Diamondbacks outfield, especially with Carroll out there in center, um, Bohm is able to score all the way from first. Uh, not as graceful as Alec Thomas running the bases, but Alec Bohm, uh, once he gets ahead of steam going, able to score there. And 
more pressure gets put on, right? You know, JT Real Muto singles in the left field, setting up first and third with just one out. And Nick Castellanos coming to the plate. But Brandon Font then decides to get nasty. Now, part of this too, right, is taking advantage of overaggressiveness. Nick Castellanos desperately wants to get the job done. He's been struggling. Brandon Fott is just going to go slider after slider, right? Getting Castellanos to expand his zone, right? And get a strikeout, right? So, so key, getting him to expand that zone, right? And then that brings up Brandon March, who's come through time and again, for these Phillies, and we have the old unintentional, intentional walk. I'm surprised they just didn't put him on first base, but they wanted to see, and credit credit the Fott here for not making a mistake over the zone, because oftentimes when you entrust a young pitcher to have that unintentional, intentional walk, right, he ends up leaving a fastball in the middle of the zone or leaving a breaking ball in the middle of the zone when when – you're trying to get the hitter to expand and these Phillies hitters who are aggressive jump all over it, right? Font here does an excellent job, keeps it off the plate, right? Good pitches, but balls. And so that brings it up to the young center fielder, Johan Rojas, who wants to come through desperately as well but another guy who has struggled offensively. And Brandon Fott is absolutely going to eat him up by getting ahead in the count and then getting him to expand the zone. Walker well off the line at first. Rivera a little closer at third. Outfield shaded just a pinch towards right center field. Huge gap in left center. The one-two from Fott. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And the inning is over. But the Phillies take the lead on the RBI double from Bryson Stott. We are through four. And we go to the fifth. Phillies two, Diamondbacks one, game seven of the National League Championship Series. Impressive resolve from the Diamondbacks rookie right-hander there. Right? Playoff atmosphere with that crowd. You've just given up the lead, you know. It wouldn't be shocking, right? And it wouldn't be, like, a terrible thing for a, a rookie to crumple under that pressure and, you know, allow some base hits, right? This is a tough Phillies lineup to navigate, you know. But Fott picks his spots, picks his battles, executes his plan perfectly with his catcher. He's fired up as he comes in and Tori Lavulo lets him know, Hey, four innings, two runs, top of the order coming up the next inning. That's all we're asking from you kid. <laughs> like let the offense get us back in this game. We're going to turn it over to the bullpen. I got exactly what I needed out of you. Right. And keep in mind, Right, D-backs have not lost a game that Brandon Fott has, 
has started in this postseason so far, whether he's gone two innings or whether he's pitched into the sixth, right? He's done his job out there on the mound, handed over to the bullpen and let them carry it the rest of the way. Because importantly, the D-backs offense is going to get them back in this game and is gonna flip the script on Ranger Suarez. Emmanuel Rivera, another guy who struggled in this series, gets a base hit up the middle, moved over to second on a bunt by Geraldo Perdomo. Suarez does strike out Cattell Marte for the third time, right? And so that kind of feels like Suarez got his man, right? Got the job done, you know, because, hey, now he's got the lefty Corbin Carroll who struggled in this series. But this Corbin Carroll, this guy who's playing in game seven is not the same one who was playing in the games earlier in this series. This is the Corbin Carroll who was rookie of the year, who's going to finish possibly top five, certainly top 10 in MVP voting this year. The guy who embraces the chaos and gets everything going for Arizona. He's going to find a way to tie this ball game up and put his team in position to win. The 2-1. Carroll swings, ground ball, base hit center field. Rivera rounding third. He will score. And on Carroll's third hit of the night, he ties the game at two. D-backs answering right back there. There is nothing better than a two-out knock, and especially when it brings in a run. And that knock will knock Suarez out of the game. As here comes the Phillies skipper, Rob Thompson. What a swing by Corbin Carroll getting that ball up the middle, getting barrel on it once again. I said it, like, looks like a completely new man up there at the plate. And once again, Philly starter fails to get through five. Nola the day before, Suarez here. Oh, and the D-backs ain't done. Off of Jeff Hoffman, right? On the first pitch, Corbin Carroll, reinvigorated, steals second, not even a chance at getting him, right? And in an 0-2 count, Gabriel Moreno, who's had, frankly, the biggest hits, right? A lot of the go-ahead and clutch hits in this series, in these playoffs, all throughout the time, the 23-year-olds for the D-backs, whether it be Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas or Gabby Moreno have come up in the big moments time and again for Arizona. Got to put the bat on the ball here. Here's the pitch. Swing and a base hit right field. Carroll rounding third. Castellanos charging. We're going to have a play at the plate. The throw is cut off. Carroll scores Moreno in a rundown, and he tried to juke out the first baseman, Harper. The put out there 
will go 9-3-4, but the Diamondbacks take the lead. Moreno and Carroll, the 23-year-olds, getting it done once again, and we go into the bottom of the fifth. Diamondbacks 3, Phillies 2. Now that's the brand of baseball that we expect from the Diamondbacks and Corbin Carroll using the speed and base hits, right? Because Moreno shoots that one out to right. And Cassianos doesn't have a great arm, but oftentimes he's accurate with his arm. But there's no shot at at a play with Corbin Carroll's speed. And it's a 3-2 lead to hand to this Diamondbacks bullpen. Who does, right? They need to get 15 outs. Brandon Fott only provided 12. But 15 outs? Yeah. Joe Mantiply and Ryan Thompson are going to be able to get that started. Now, Mantiply does give up a leadoff double to Kyle Schwarber, leaves a changeup in the middle of the zone, but ground out to third, a nice play by Emmanuel Rivera. And then a fly ball to left, a deep fly ball, not enough legs on it. Guriel brings it down. And then Ryan Thompson comes in, gets Alec Bohm to pop out to second. Bohm breaks his bat in frustration, slams it down, and they get that all-needed shutdown inning. Jeff Hoffman keeps them, keeps the D-backs off the board in the sixth, but Ryan Thompson has a 1-2-3 inning in the bottom of it. In the top of the seventh, Jeff Hoffman actually starts the end and gets a ground out. And then Rob Thompson decides to go to Jose Alvarado, the big man, with Perdomo, Marte, and Carroll coming up. Right? Two switch hitters and a lefty. But Alvarado, who's been nails this postseason, kind of falters here. Gives up an 0-2 single to Geraldo Perdomo, who pulls his hands in, gets it through the left side. And then up steps Cattell Marte, who is thankful anyone not named Ranger Suarez is on the mound, right? And he, right, against anyone not named Ranger Suarez in this game, Cattell Marte has been on fire. And he is going to make a little bit of history here and set up the Diamondbacks to add on to their lead. 0-1 on Marte, and Alvarado's pitch. And a shot to right, Castellanos back, and it's over his head up against the wall. Perdomo turns second, adds to third. Tony Persica puts the stop sign on as the throw comes all the way in, and it's second and third on a Marte double extending his hit streak to 16 and passing Marquise Grissom for most hits to start his postseason career. 16 games played, and he's hitting all 16 of them. He took a high heater that time and drilled the right field. It looked as though Castellanos might catch that ball. That's why Perdomo couldn't get a real good jump and score. He had to wait to make sure the ball got over his head. But you got something, you got something going right now. A great swing by Cattell Marte going the other way, getting it over Castellanos' head to set up second and third, one out with Corbin Carroll. And Corbin Carroll 
falls behind to Jose Alvarado. But Alvarado's just not missing bats today. Carroll, in a two-strike count, hits it pretty deep, finds Barrel once again to hit it to right center, plenty deep to score Geraldo Perdomo. And then that's it, by the way, for Alvarado. Faces just three batters, two hits and a sack fly, 4-2 game. And then in comes Zach Wheeler, right? Out of the pen. He does an admirable job, keeps things where they are. But man, oh man, that extra run is so crucial, so crucial in a game like this. Because in the bottom of the inning, right, Andrew Salfrank comes in to kind of just bridge the gap before going to Kevin Ginkle and Paul Seawald. And Salfrank's able to get an out, right? Strikes out Brandon Marsh, gets him chasing a, a breaking ball away, but then he completely loses the zone, walking Christian Pache and Kyle Schwarber. Salfrank's had major, major issues throwing strikes in this series. And so that means Trey Turner is up, representing the go-ahead run. Tying run is on base. Going to have Trey Turner and Bryce Harper versus Kevin Ginkle. This is the ball game here, folks. And Kevin Ginkle is a man ready for the moment because he executes his game plan to a T versus Trey Turner. Slider away, slider away. Turner swings over both of them. Neither of them are in the zone. And then fastball, top of the zone. Turner has to swing to foul it off. Right? And then Ginkle throws a slider, hangs it a little bit, but because it's in the same tunnel as that fastball at the top of the zone, Turner's out in front, flails at it, hits a harmless fly ball to center field. And then upsteps Bryce Harper. Ginkle goes, slider in the dirt, fastball down the middle right there. But because Harper is sitting slider, watches it go. Another slider in the dirt. And then Harper gets a fastball right in the middle of the zone again. And he hits it hard. But he hits it up the elevator shaft, way gets way too under it. Either he's thinking about that slider, but just a little off. And it lands safely in Al Thomas's glove in center field, who, by the way, came in for Tommy Pham because the D-backs can now prioritize defense. That right there is the ball game, folks. Your two best hitters, Trey Turner and Bryce Harper, two guys who combined signed over signed contracts over worth over six hundred million. The two guys you expect to come through don't at the biggest moment of the season. Bryce Harper has struggled the last two nights, as has Trey Turner. But a lot of credit has to go to Ginkle, especially against Turner. I mean, just a perfectly executed game plan. Gets a little lucky against Harper. Harper got Harper got two pitches to hit right in the middle of the zone. Couldn't pull the trigger on one. 
and just off of another, right? He's on time for that one. <laughs> Ooh, we might be telling a different story right now. But Ginkle pumps his fists. All right. Go back in the go back in the dugout. Zach Wheeler gets the scoreless top of the eighth. And then Kevin Ginkle is just a man on the mission in the bottom of the eighth. Absolutely cutting through the middle of this Phillies order, making them look silly. Strikes out Bohm, Stott, and Rio Buto on just filthy, filthy stuff. Whether it's that slider or that fastball painted on the edge of the zone. Just absolutely filthy from Kevin Ginkle to get us to the ninth inning. So that means it's Paul Seawald time. It's time for Paul Seawald to pitch. And the back end of the bullpen, right? Kinkle and Seawald, they're looking like Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley from last year. Absolutely nails this year. Very little drama, just straight dominance. I'm honestly a little surprised. You know, we're going to see who gets series MVP. I'll talk about that after this final play. But I'm almost surprised we didn't see the Rob Dibble, Randy Myers co-MVPs from the bullpen uh, with how good Ginkle and uh, Paul Seawald were. Seawald's going to get a couple fly balls. Castellanos flies out weakly to left, to right. Brandon Marsh hits one down the left field line that Guriel runs down. And with Jake Cave at the plate, right, it's kind of been fitting in these series. You know, in key situations, when when the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers, Mookie Betts was on deck. When the Phillies beat the Braves, Ronald Cunha Jr. was on deck. When the Astros beat the Twins, Carlos Correa was waiting on deck. And for the Phillies, the guy who hit a bunch of home runs in this series, Kyle Schwarber, Well, he's going to be waiting on deck. Because on the final pitch of the game, Paul Seawald is going to send the Diamondbacks back to the World Series on this pitch. 4-2 D-backs. Two quick outs in the ninth inning for Seawald. One and two on the pitch hitter, Jake Cave. Here's the pitch. And a fly ball, right field. Going over is Corbin Carroll. He's under it. He's got it. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series for the second time in their 26-year history. They have upset the Philadelphia Phillies. They come back after losing the first two games here in Philadelphia. They went four of the last five, the last two here at Citizens Bank Park. And they beat the Phillies four games to three winning tonight's game by a final score of four to two and the celebration is on the field for the diamondbacks off to arlington texas to take on the texas rangers in the 2023 major league baseball world series what a game this was i mean talk about a bullpen really coming up big and now watching all these guys on the field right now celebrate they deserve this 
I mean, this team has been through pretty much everything you can imagine. And, boy, this celebration is going to be a good one. Got to feel great for Greg Schulte on the call there for the D-backs. In his final season as a broadcaster, he gets to call yet another World Series. Hey, and maybe he'll have a famous call and see a great Game 7 again this year. How about those D-backs coming on the road, getting the job done in a hostile environment, playing their way, right? The young players coming through, like Corbin Carroll, sort of saving his postseason in many ways with a great performance in a Game 7 of a championship series. And Gabby Moreno coming through once again, right? The young guys, the 23-year-olds, would go back to Alec Thomas in this series with that clutch home run and other plays, man. And how about the pitching? Brandon Fott showing a lot of resolve. And how about that bullpen, right? Part of the D-backs problems earlier in this year, why they couldn't ever stay consistent, was the back end of their bullpen was a mess, right? They traded for Paul Seawold, pick up Ryan Thompson, who got DFA'd by the Rays. Kevin Ginkle was a new man after coming back from AAA, right? Those things matter. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. A team that lost 110 games just two years ago in the World Series, right? What a magical run. And, you know, they're going to have a tall task against the Rangers, but these D-backs, well, everyone they've faced, right, has been the favorite. Every team they've gone up against, the odds have been stacked against them, and they've come through every time. Who knows in the World Series? We'll certainly be watching. I'll end here on the Phillies, who, once again, the season ends in disappointment, though... This one is a little bit more bitter than the previous year. Of course, not getting back to the World Series and losing to a team that you thought you were better than, right? A team you should have been primed to beat. And you had your opportunity with two games at home in this series and having leads on the road that you blew. That's got to leave a bitter taste in the mouth. Um, and, but what it comes down to is you got outplayed in the final couple of games. They shut down your big guys. You know, you spent nearly 700 million on Castellanos, Harper and Turner. And in the final games, they didn't pick up hits. That doesn't mean that next year they won't come up with the big hits. Of course, Bryce Harper has been a star this postseason, but they shut him down when it really counted. Will that happen again? Who knows? But the Phillies are going to have to evaluate what happens. You know, are are they going to bring back Aaron Nola? Will they bring back Reese Hoskins? Are those young guys, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, are they going to take the next steps to elevate this team? Who's going to make the difference in the bullpen, in the rotation? A lot of questions for the Phillies. A good, a good, another good postseason run, a deep run, but just not enough. And ultimately, we're not going to be talking about the Phillies. We're going to be talking about the D-backs and the Rangers. We'll have plenty more 
to talk about with them coming up in these next days as the World Series gets started tonight. Until then, catch you next time on Fall Classic Rewind.